Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. So, welcome to uh, the NE Runners podcast. It's Great North Run Week this week. I'm sure there'll be plenty of nerves across the city and a wider region this week with the Great North Run coming up this weekend. It is uh, a huge, huge moment for Northeast Running uh, every year. And I'm very fortunate to have George Culkin, the uh, North Sports Correspondent. Is that George? right, George? Can never quite get your title right. Um, to, to join yeah, us here for, uh, for, his, for his take on running. Massive, massive runner. Um, huge, uh, huge enthusiast of the sport and massive proponent of the, the, um, the, the sport as well. So, George, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much indeed. Lovely to be here. Yeah, the nerves, traditional nerves kicking in and excitement too. It's the, um, I'm, I'm sure, I know it's the best, it's the best weekend of the, of the year for me and I can't, can't wait. It's the best weekend of the year, but it's also in some ways kind of the hardest and the the toughest as well. So have you been, have you been kind of, t- how's your training gone this time? Because I know last year and the few years before then you've been in, in sort of peak condition coming into the Great North Run. Well, yeah, so this year's, this year's a bit different for me. And obviously just to let the listeners in on that sort of something that, you know, we, we ran it together last year and it was brilliant. So it was just such a fabulous fabulous day really good and I think we were both both flying uh, so this year it's a bit different for me I'm, I'm running I've sort of set myself the challenge of running 10 races uh, sort of trying to raise a bit of money and awareness of this Bobby Robson Foundation of which I'm a patron it's the 10th, 10th anniversary of the foundation and so I'm sort of having to approach it a different a different way I don't normally do other races it's usually sort of the Great North Run all and, and that's it really uh, but this time I sort of <laughs> my, I suppose my feeling is I kind of have to get through it because I've got another two runs runs afterwards and the last one is the is the New York Marathon in November which is really exciting and very nerve-wracking but I sort of, I suppose I sort of have to treat uh, the Great North Run as a bit of a training run this time um, and I suppose my priority is just to, is to make sure I get around in one piece and and don't kind of come away don't come away injured and I have been you know it's the runner's curse I've been and again I know you you're very familiar with this Mark but um, you know sort of battling battling little niggles here and there and um, really really just kind of want to make sure want to make sure I get through it. Do you think do you think like that the, the sort of ten run challenge has kind of given you. Given you a bit of a bit of perspective on on the Great North Run and how and how amazing it is, because as you said, it's normally uh, it's normally the focal point of the year. But if you're if you're doing the other ones, you've got New York coming up. Is does the does the Great North Run sort of feel a little bit less not less important to you this year? But does it feel a bit more like right? I, I don't maybe feel the pressure of it a bit this year because I think I think I don't know about you, but every year that I do the Great North Run, I feel I feel more pressure doing that than any other run yeah. that I do. For some reason, I don't yeah. know why. I think it's the emotional thing. Yeah, yeah I think that's it. I, I, I mean, do I feel like it's less pressure this year? I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think no, because this is the race that I've always done. This is really the thing that kind of started me. I mean, I, I ran... 
I ran before I did the the, the Great North Run the first time, but the Great North Run was the first race that I ever did, and I did it. Um, I did it in the year that Sir Bobby died, and so I had this incredible, you know, incredible emotional connection to it, and that is really the thing that that sort of got me hooked on running and and sort of made it such an important part of my life and I do associate it with emotion and so every time you know every time I mean it's a kind of it's a running joke with friends and family but I can't you know I, I can I can sort of barely run run for a bus without you know without crying <laughs> and I certainly can't do certainly can't do the Great North Run without feeling very emotional and um, in some ways that's a great thing and I don't want to lose it in some ways it's also not such a good thing because I think it puts pressure I think you put pressure on yourself somehow and then when I've spread it out into sort of doing other runs for the foundation I did a couple of marathons last year and I've done the same thing this year and it out I think it adds to the pressure you put on yourself and mm. I want to remember that sort of running is something that I love doing and it's important for physical health and mental health and um but sometimes you have to sort of take a little bit of a step back and remember that you know that this should be enjoyable and you should smile and I know that Bobby you know Bobby would want would want people to be okay you do it for person you, know, you, you know you do this kind of run for, for, for personal reasons and, and it can be important reasons reasons connected to friends and family but you should also enjoy it and you should be able to enjoy it for your own sake so yeah. um yeah, so it's not, it's not, it it will still have the same focal point because, because as I say, it's the best, as far as I'm concerned, it's the best day of the year, and it's sort of the, you know this wonderful occasion that really showcases showcases our region. But I have to I have to remind myself that yeah. there's a sort of bigger picture. Um, I'm certainly not going to be, you know, you and I both managed PBs last year and it was it was brilliant. Um, I'm certainly not going to be able to do that on Sunday, unfortunately, yeah. but. Um, I have to kind of remind myself that that's not the you know not the not the be all and end all. Take away that sort of t- the tyranny of time. Um, it really is a tyranny. It I've really is a tyranny. It. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm I'm feeling at the moment like I'm I'm I've kind of not lost not lost mojo, but I've, I've because I've got a very small baby at the moment. He doesn't seem to want to sleep at all. Uh, my <laughs> great my great north run uh, ambitions kind of died a death sometime in, in the middle of the summer because I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to be uh, fit enough to kind of run uh, to, to run the, 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 the half marathon but the tyranny of time point that you make there is absolutely spot on because I can still run I am still going out and running but I'm kind of refusing to do park runs at the moment because I'd be so far below my personal best and please George give, give me a reason why that's a really stupid thing to think but it is, yeah, I can't help it I don't, I don't want to go out and run yeah. And let myself and yeah. quote let myself down. I mean, I'm not Mo Farah, but well, I don't feel like that. I, I I do know what you mean. I mean, I've I have been doing the park runs. I mean, I love doing the park runs. I mean, I I, I I did a lot leading up to the Great North Run last year, and that was one of the reasons why I was able to sort of do it. You know, for for me, for to be able to do it relatively quickly because that you know that feeling of going out and running quickly. Um, is great when the Great North Run comes around because it doesn't feel like a shock to the system when you've got all this adrenaline going through your body and you set off, set off quickly and you can actually, you know, you can kind of carry it, carry it on. And so, I mean, I did the park run this past weekend. I was a long way from, uh, a long way from, you know, you know my, my quickest time for it. But 
I still think that feeling of going out, having a bit of adrenaline, having a blast, doing a doing a run quicker than than you would normally do for a you know for a longer run is very valuable. And mm-hmm. of course, you also get that you know you also get that feeling of that wonderful kind of community feeling that you get uh, when you're with other people doing stuff for fun, you know, doing stuff for fun and for good reason. So, I mean, I would certainly encourage anybody to to give the park run a go. It's it's a great thing. But I would say the same thing to you. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it it can be a bit, you know, it can be sort of depressing if that's the right word when you're when you're not able to kind of get close to your quickest time, but. It's the feeling of doing it and being part of something. I think which is very, which is very important. And I've had, I mean, I had, I've had a certainly this year doing these ten runs. I've had some, I've had a couple of really low moments, and none more so than doing the Paris Marathon in April, where everything went wrong. And um, but the the experience of that. So when I say everything went wrong, it was you know my. I'd, I'd had a I'd had a torn calf and I'd come back from that and I put the miles in training maybe not quite as much as I as I would like and then got to Paris it was really hot and um, halfway through all all going fine and then sort of got to sort of I don't know about 18 miles or something like that and sort of really had this sort of catastrophic full body failure where <laughs> cramp cramp at the top of my thighs cramp at the back of both thighs cramped in my calves and just stopped. I mean, just came to a standstill. And kind of the rest of the of the Paris Marathon, I was stopping and starting. I was running for a couple of hundred yards. The cramp would happen again, and then I would have to stop and then start. And mentally, I mean, mentally, the challenge of doing a marathon is is extraordinary. I've never never put myself through anything like that, mm. uh, kind of you know before and really your brain your, your brain becomes a really horrible adversary in those moments and your brain is telling you that you're kind of pathetic and a loser and all that kind of stuff and you have to kind of force your way through it now i did i got to the end and i didn't feel great about myself but two weeks later i knew i had the london marathon and it was great preparation in, in a kind of a perverse way because loads of people struggled in london this year yeah, it was so brilliant, wasn't it? yeah i was yeah yeah it was really tough I was sort of expecting it this time, so I hydrated really well, did that, and I told myself, look, forget forget all thoughts of going for a time. You've had this terrible experience in Paris, so make this about make this about enjoying the experience. And my God I did and I you know, I made a point of running beside the crowd all the way through, so I was high fiving and things like that and I was telling myself to lift my head and to smile. I'd done both those marathons last year as well, and I did them both under four hours. I mean, it's not, you know, it's, again, it's not, it's not, it's not Mo Farah by any, by any stretch. And but when I did London last year, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it because I had this pressure that I had, you know, that I had to get round and I had to do it in a certain time. And my head was down. I look at all the pictures, um, you know, the official photographs, and my head's down. I went past Buckingham Palace. I didn't even see it. I, <laughs> right. you, I didn't see Buckingham Palace because I was in this my own little bubble. Now it got me through in that in a time, but I didn't enjoy it. This year I was 15 minutes slower, but I my goodness, I loved yeah. it. I loved it. I felt I felt you know it was the hashtag for London was Spirit of London, and I felt 
London spirit in a way that I've never felt it before. Um, and it was like the Great North Run, except twice as long, you know, than people on the street. So I suppose that's, I'm being very long-winded, but it, it's that thing of having that valuable, that valuable lesson sometimes that it isn't about having to go quickly. It isn't about putting pressure on yourself. Lift your head, look at what's around you, feel it, and try and smile. And I've tried to sort of do that, do that ever since actually. And as I said at the start, it will always be an emotional experience. Running mm. will always be an emotional experience for me. But that emotion can be happiness, and it can be elation, and it can be, it can be trying to soak, soak something up. And um, you know, I think that's important because we can't, we can't all be running PBs every time we put our our shoes on and so we have to try and get something out of it when when things possibly aren't going as well yeah i think that's absolutely right and i think one of the things that that, that people will find especially people who do the the grey north run for the first time this year i think it it, it brings uh, it actually encourages so many love affairs with running and i think that's one of the, the best yeah. things that the great north run's done but i think that what happens and, I, and my personal feeling when i when i did the great north run was it was actually then finding a new relationship with running afterwards. And I think you, you, you're, you're kind of the way that you feel about running. It can be your best friend. It can be your worst enemy at times. It can feel like really oppressive and I've got to go out now. And then there's sometimes when you're in great shape and you actually feel like you're, you're, uh, you, you're kind of gliding around there. And it's actually not thinking that running is one thing all the time. Sometimes it is this great stress reliever and it's, you know, and you feel like it, it just helps you massively. Sometimes it actually is one of the biggest stresses on your life. And you, it's kind of being comfortable with your relationship with running sometimes, which, which is so hard for people who go out and run a lot. You, it's so difficult to be comfortable all the time. You have to actually sometimes think, well, oh, I'm a bit injured today, so I'm going to go out and run. Run, run a bit slower or, or you know what sometimes you, you know you need to push yourself because you you know I know people who are in a bit of a rut with their running and they're saying they're kind of oh, I'm just going out and running I'm not really getting too much from it and and I think that's one of the things that's really 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 key and that's probably brings me on to my next question which was going to be about the 10 run challenge which I would think has been a terrific sort of has probably given you all of those emotions I mean I would think that the 10 run challenge is probably taking you to your worst point and probably taking you to your best point as well. So George, I mean, what's it been like doing, doing 10 months? Was it, was it born in a, a kind of moment last year where you thought, yeah, I can do this. And then probably five runs in, you thought, what have I done? Yeah, that's basically, that's pretty much spot on. I mean, it's, so it's the, it's, you know, it's the 10th anniversary of the Sir Bobby Orson Foundation. So I just thought 10 runs, 10 runs for 10 years. Let's give that a go. And, um, it's been very different. I mean, it's, so yeah, so previously having that kind of one focal point of the year, you know, it's kind of quite straightforward in the sense that you can train over the summer and build up to the Great North Run, that's good. Like I say, I did do the two marathons last year as well, London and Paris and London, and they're only two weeks apart. And that's, that's mad, you know, that, that is was, mad. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was a, that was a big stress last year, but it was just, you know, and I, I did tell myself never again, and then I did immediately apply to get back into both and I think the reason for that is because although the marathon is definitely not my distance um, it's quite it's quite interesting I went well I found it interesting um, I kind of went out yesterday and I did I did 17 miles and my god what a struggle that was <laughs> I mean the, the, the idea of going out for an hour and a half two hours I love it it feels like a natural sort of distance time you don't get kind of bored you don't get um, to feel uncomfortable but 
but as soon as you go beyond that two hours, I find it, I find mentally, I find it a real, you know, real challenge, you know, to to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Anyway, I thought, you know, this this will be a way of keeping fit. It'll be a way of keeping active. Set, set myself these challenges. It's effectively going to be something most months. And I mean, I've I've loved doing these sort of organised races and having those. So I did a half marathon in Sunderland. I've done a the Great Manchester Run. I did the Coastal Run, uh, which was yeah. uh, which was interesting a few weeks ago. Uh, I did a half marathon in London. Did done the two marathons and, and so on. And but it's, I mean, I think because I was sort of injured at the start of the year, I think I've struggled to stay to sort of to keep on top of that. And um, so this, I mean, I, I tore my calf about this time last year. It was just after the Great North Run, and I was, at the time I was flying. And you talk about that, that that sort of compulsion you had. So I tore my calf going for a 13-mile just run. And I knew I'd done something like that. I mean, I didn't know it was a tear, but it was, you know, it was it was, it was was probably going to be something like that. It was kind of more uncomfortable than the sharp pain, but I, it was like this sort of dead feeling in my, in my right calf. And it's horrible. I was on this run. I, I, I was on this run, and I kept going, which was the first stupid thing. So it's okay, right? I need to get treatment, and but what did I do the next day? I strapped my calf out and I went for a run on it, and mm. I made it worse. And that mentality, when you're running, so I was running kind of 200 miles a month at that point, which was probably too much. Um, I love that. This yeah. compulsion to run is very, very difficult to lose, and eventually, I got treatment and had to accept that. Uh, that I had to stop for a kind of a week or a couple of weeks, and that the feeling you have when you want to run but can't run is really, it's really difficult. And it's people were asking me in that time if I was suffering from stress. If I was, someone asked me if I had attention deficit disorder. I thought <laughs> I was being, being, you know, just completely normal, but I obviously wasn't. And the 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 addiction that you have from running, so the addiction to the endorphins and the exercise and all that kind of thing, you don't necessarily realise you sort of have it. Other people do, but you know the other side of it is when you can't run, you you know you're you're craving you're mm. craving that, and it does do it does do strange things to the it does do sort of strange things to the head. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's I, I think I've and I've so I've I've strained that same calf a couple of times this year. And you know, because I'm old um, and um, not as fit as I was, I am then and then overcompensating on the other side of my body. So I've got kind of you know knee and IT band probably issues on the other side. So I'm sort of getting treatment, patching myself up. What I really need to do is rest, but can't can't really do that at the moment. Um, and it's yeah, it's that kind of strange thing. You want to run and kind of have to run and need you know need it and and then if you can't run then you feel bad so you kind of you're sort of in this interesting interesting sort of mental and physical state state all the time but yeah no i mean i've had as i say that that paris the paris episode was without question one of the worst days of my life Mm. and which in some ways makes me very lucky if that's one of the worst days of my life but um and then London two weeks later was without question one of the best mm. and um, you know lots of kind of highs and lows in between but um, 
the idea of finishing it off in New York is is uh, daunting, but kind of really, you know, really exciting. Oh, and that would be can't wait, can't terrific. Wait for that. Yeah, I mean, I think New York. New York's probably one of the tougher marathons in terms of the the kind of you know the, I think the weather can sometimes be really tough there. It can be probably a Northumberland Coastal Run experience where where I can share with the readers now that, that um, I I kind of have been singing the praises of the Northumberland Coastal Run to George for for years, trying to get him to sign up. Um, and uh, because as I mentioned before, I've not really been been able to kind of train for half marathons because of because uh, because been on the baby, so I couldn't. I couldn't run it with George, so um, it, we'd kind of agreed to run it together, and I didn't end up running. And I said, "I'll oh, go, go. You'll enjoy it. It doesn't matter. You'll be fine." And you know, we've obviously had this stunning summer. Um, it was the one weekend of the year in, the, in Northumberland where it was gale force winds, rain, sleet, rain, uh, and obviously running at the coast in Northumberland. It, I can imagine how difficult it was. I felt incredibly guilty having <laughs> told George to do it. <laughs> And then uh, let him uh, out to the wild, and you said you didn't you didn't manage to get your head up once at all that, that whole fourteen uh, miles. It was it was extraordinary. I mean, I I can't wait to do it again next year. I have to say because I know that it will be it would be stunning. I know that it would be stunning, but it was it was actually gale force running into gale force winds on the beach for a lot of it, and my it felt like a marathon. It felt like it lasted a marathon, and the, the, I suppose the sad thing was. The sad thing about it was that the, you know, the the most pleasurable part, pleasurable part of it was actually when you would kind of come off the beach and go along the road because it mm-hmm. just, it was so tough and you could only look down at your feet and your feet were soaking wet, oh, soaking wet yeah. within within sort of a hundred yards. But you know that feeling of setting off when you're in this long line of people. Um, uh, sort of on the beach and then finishing at Almath. The, the one lovely thing about it was that, as you know, the course is not marked out. It's not like a specific mm-hmm. course because the tide might be in, the tide might be out. You can go right along the decks of the sea if you want, or you can go further up the beach. I mean, so you can sort of cut corners. Um, but they, they say it's 14 miles and on the day it was actually 13.2. And that feeling of getting onto the beach at Almouth, looking down at my watch, thinking, ah, oh, I've got, I've got something left in yeah. the, I've got something left in the tank because it's not 40 miles, and so could actually kind of finish with a bit of, a, with a bit of pace. But yeah, it's, I mean, again, and that's fascinating. You have to, as a runner, you just have to know sometimes that okay, today's not my day, but mm. a bad run is, a bad run is, you know, it's like cliche, a bad run is better than a no run at all and that you will get the benefit of doing it and on that day it was you know you have to accept that sometimes the, the weather the conditions they they're going to play a part and you just have to deal with it as you find it and um yeah that was really really tough but i mean i would, i mean it's my favorite part of the world I, i'm gonna do it again next year the whole organization of it was great and the carriers were were fabulous and you know, it'll be if 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 the sun's out or if it's a clear day, that would be there won't be anywhere better than than that run. I know that, yeah, but um, um, I didn't, didn't see it this time. No, no, no. And Blade, you did Bladen as well. Obviously, another another famous one. That was a hot day. It was a hot day. I did actually do that one. It was it was a really hot day, wasn't it? It was really hot, and it was kind of it was it felt so big this year that they kind of changed the it starting is, yeah. the starting point, and it you actually got a sense of the sort of numbers of people doing it yeah that's the I mean that's the sort of shortest that's the shortest run I've done 
Um, but I wanted to include that. I wanted to kind of include that in the tent because it's just, I mean, it's just such a lovely atmosphere on that run. And it's, again, it's, you know, that's become a tradition, tradition for me as well. I actually like sort of starting towards the back in Bladen and uh, sort of just going quite slowly through the middle of town and then and then trying to sort of have a blast in the second half of it. I, I mean, it also means you overtake people, which I quite like. But, um, um, but yeah, no, I really, I really love that. I really love that day. But yeah, it was, it was hot. The, the, you know, the, the, the thing that was, I didn't find, I didn't mind that too much. And again, it's the, it's, it's after doing. Once you've done the marathons, I did, I did. So I did the Sunderland half marathon and then the Manchester, uh, the Great Manchester run the following month and it felt like such an easy distance yeah, I was I know say, that. Yeah, so I, you know and I and, and I was I, I was relatively quick so I think I did something in 141 or something and then Manchester 140 and Manchester in particular was baking yeah but it's it's I'm sort of hoping I get the reverse um you know from the, from doing the great north run and then doing the keel half marathon in October I'm hoping that feeling of kind of running relatively quickly for you know, certainly much quicker than marathon pace will then help me in the marathon, you know, having those as training runs for the marathon, but the reverse also applied that doing the marathons first and then the half marathon the next month was actually, you know, it feels like a kind of comfortable distance, which is, which is nice. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, just, we just want to touch a little bit on your relationship with Sir Bobby and the foundation and the work that you've done. You're obviously, uh, you're obviously a patron now, um, did you was Bobby an idol before you started working with him? Um, was it a kind of, you know, he was already a hero before you started working with him, or, or was it, you know, working with him made him more of a hero for you? Well, so yeah, all, all of those, all of those things. Um, I went to I went I went to Langley Park Infant School, and as did Bobby. Um, obviously, many many years before then, and then I mean, so at that time he was. He was kind of working his miracles at, at Ipswich. Um, my grandma was actually headmistress um, at, that, at that school, and I remember when he got the England job, she, she, I don't know, she wrote these lyrics. She wrote these. I think it was to the tune of Bobby Shafto, Bobby Robson, We Love You, and she was, she was photographed and put on the front page of the Northern Echo. Sorry to mention that. No, um, with 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 pupils and things like that, and. Obviously, then when so he was always this kind of aspirational figure, I think, um, to certainly to Langley Park and County Durham, and then his England team was in, in, in both a footballing sense and also sort of in a, in a deeper sense was really important to me. You know, it was tough 1990 in particular. It, the 80s were a tough time to be to be a football fan. It was also kind of quite tough to come from the northeast because you know the kind of the stuff that was happening with the coal mining the industry we kind of felt like we had been left left to sort of rot a bit and then suddenly you've got Bobby in charge of this amazing England team full of cram full of North East talent and it, he made me feel more English than I've ever done sort of before or since probably I know that sounds sort of I don't know that probably sounds a bit strange but it's true it's true and then so he was like this hero figure he then came to work at Newcastle, uh, I just started on the Times, or I'd not been on the Times that long, and he did a column. He did a column with us, which 
Oliver Holt, who's now at the Mirror, um, he did, and Ollie said, it makes sense for me to do it, which is this really incredibly generous act for which I can never sort of repay him, really. And so I wrote these, I wrote, I ghost wrote Bobby's Capons for, for the Times for a few years, and they were mainly about England, but uh, what a, you know, what a thrill it was to do that. And so we've got to know him, and obviously working with him at Newcastle as well, and then kept in touch with him after after he left and I wrote uh, um, I ghost wrote his last book which was about Newcastle the club and the city so kind of went through this thing where he was a hero he, he was then a colleague he was sort of a mentor and then finally you know he was a he was a friend and um, you know just feel that sort of feel that very feel that very strongly that the, the book the, the book I'm not, I'm not meaning to kind of blow my own trumpet the book I did I agreed to do it but I said I didn't want to take a fee for it and I gave that to his foundation that felt kind of because of the importance he'd had on my life I felt that was the kind of right right gesture mm-hmm. and then once he died Lady Elsie asked me to to be a patron and you know that that is something that uh, I'm kind of more proud of than anything else really and um I can't tell you what a thrill what a thrill it is to, to yeah you know standing in London or Paris wearing wearing the foundation's shirt on my chest and wearing his name on my chest it just makes me feel like I'm representing him and mm. you know it's just it's difficult to sort of explain and um, I just love you know I I loved him and um, you probably shouldn't say that as a sort of journalist and fans but I think I I think I I think I cast aside all notions of um, sort of lack of bias when it came to Bobby. I just think he was a very he was a very special man, and not just not just in football terms, but he had the sort of personality. He had, he had that kind of expansive personality that um, made you feel better about yourself somehow. And um, and, the, and the other lovely thing, one of the lovely things about the Great North Front is that you know part, part of the identity of, of this region is is our rivalry and we're you know we're divided mm-hmm. as a region in terms of football but bobby was an inclusive character who is loved and respected by Sunderland fans just as much as you know that they they claim bobby as theirs he was this county durham lad they they claim him as theirs just as much as newcastle fans claim claim him as theirs which is kind of this lovely very unusual thing i think that one of the things that I get so emotional about the Great North Rotten Day is the fact that it's this region, this incredibly strong, fabulous region, uniting, and everybody who takes part in the Great North Rotten, whether it's people from here or elsewhere, whether it's the people on the street, the volunteers, uh, the people in the charity village, everybody is coming together and just celebrating. And you mm. get this sense of what an amazing um, place that we that we that we live in, and um, I have to make pay tribute to Brendan Foster, who was another hero of mine. And yeah. obviously, you know, Great North Great North Run is his is his baby, and it's such a you know it's such a fabulous event. But it, I think it is that feeling, and that's that's the feeling that Bobby has for me that he's this inclusive inclusive character, and obviously the foundation is just doing amazing work, amazing work to. Um, Treating and, and and doing research into into cancer and things like that. So yeah. um, no, it's a thrill thrill to be involved with. It's the one place I think. I think last year I saw um, quite a few people running in Sunderland shirts with their um, Great North Run um, 
badge uh, badge on, and I, I think it must be the only play, only time uh, that you can run through the centre of Newcastle and get cheered wearing a Sunderland shirt. But it does happen. It definitely does happen. <laughs> you know, yeah, nobody's yeah, nobody yeah. Uh, no, nobody's kind of criticising you on that day. It, I mean, it really is. It really is a, a terrific thing. I mean, d- d- does that the fact that obviously you run and you raise money for the Bobby Foundation d- d- is that w- is that one of the reasons why you think running is so special for you because you associate it with with Bobby and it kind of brings brings you a little bit of that or is it or is it something that you, you know you feel like it, you just felt it was a good way to to represent um, to represent Bobby through through running what, what was where did the kind of link between Bobby and running come from for you was it just was it just an organic thing natural thing well so so I mean I ran I ran I ran before the first time I did the Great North Run but um, not in a structured way and not in a way that I, I mean, it was to keep fit and it was to kind of keep weight off and things like that. And but I didn't do anything, you know. I didn't do anything structured. I think I kind of, I was always, ah, do I really want to? Write? I mean, I loved, I loved the kind of atmosphere of the Great North Road and seeing it from afar. But I didn't think I could, you know. I'm sure it's the same as lots of people. I didn't necessarily think I could do it. And um, and then just absolutely blown away the first time I did do it. Blown away by everything, just everything about it. Um, you know the atmosphere and 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 so on, and the generosity of the people who were on the street and the support, and just and I was doing the first time I did it. I was I was raising money for the foundation, and it was the year that Bobby died. So I carried this incredible emotion around with me. I was also thinking about my grandma who died of cancer and things like that. And, you know, we all have we all have those reasons, um, and. For the last month, I mean, I found it, I found the experience overwhelming and stressful as well because I've never run with people before. It had mm-hmm. only been on my own. And that feeling of being on the street where you actually have to sort of check, check your feet. There are so many people running beside you, you don't want to trip up. And so you're kind of, you have that. Of course, you, you also run further than you're anticipating because you're running around people. And so it's more than a half marathon by the time you finish. And for the last mile, so the bit where I got onto the seafront at South Shields, I was in bits. I was crying my eyes out all the way along that because I was overwhelmed. I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't sort of. You know, I hadn't sort of anticipated how I'd feel, and so all those things came out. So I think there's you know the stress of not the stress, but the kind of pressure of getting round and. You know, doing it for Bobby, and then thinking about Bobby, and then thinking about my family, and thinking about all these things that come. And I was crying. And it, I don't know, if, you know, people who watch, who, who know they're going to watch films that make them cry, <clears throat> or TV programs, or whatever. It became that thing, so that I would then, if I if I was just going out for a training run, and I started thinking about the Great North Run, I could feel the tears. Yeah. Or if you're running along behind someone and you look at the messages on the back of the shirt you can feel the tears of course it's really difficult to run if you're yeah. if you've got that emotion in your chest um, and so that's why you know when I say that I couldn't there are times when I feel like I can't run for the bus without getting emotional it's because I now associate running with this with this whole thing with this emotion and that's I mean I have to that's that's a really powerful and, and lovely, lovely thing. And I will always cry when I cross the 
line at the Great Hook Run, I'm sure, because it just means such a lot to me. But I also have to try and find a way, I think, of of just making sure that that's channeled in the right way because I know that if I put pressure on myself, um, I'm not going to run. I'm going to run as well, and I'm not going to kind of enjoy it as much as I, as I probably should. So it's, it's about sort of finding that balance, keeping the emotion and keeping... You know, keeping the good emotion, but not not sort of beating yourself up about it too. Because you know, I think you know, like again, last year when I did the two the two marathons close together, I, just, I was I was I had to do them both under four hours. That was it. I'm doing it. I'm raising money. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, people are people are going to. I don't want to let people down as if you know, as if somehow, as if somehow that's sort of important. And the, mm. the important bit, of course, isn't that. It's about doing it. Um, so it's a sort of balancing. It's a balancing act. I kind of, you know, I do sometimes think, Bobby, what you got? You know, what have you got me? What have you got me into? Um, but anyway, no, I love it. I love it. I couldn't live. I couldn't live without running. It's become. It's become a massive part of my life. And you know, I would recommend. I would recommend. I'd recommend it to anybody. And I'm. I'm sort of really jealous of people who are going to do the Great North Run for the first time this weekend because it is. You will. It changes your life. Yeah, I, 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 we'll finish with a couple of quick, quick questions then for for people who are doing it for the first time. What's your advice on that first moment of crisis? Hopefully, the first moment of crisis <laughs> doesn't come. Let's say that hopefully the first moment of crisis doesn't come. And um, I will say that George, George has got experience of this because he says that we both ran it last year. We're both flying, and we were both flying for about ten miles. And then I think I turned to you, George at ten miles and and said. Uh, pardon the kind of French, but I am in trouble here. Um, what do I do? And you were very good, actually, really, really good in terms of just right, just kind of keep going. You know, it was it was sort of sounds so simple and so facile when you when you say it uh, away from it, but it was kind of like right, just just one foot in front of the other, follow me kind of thing. And it was about ten miles, which I wasn't expecting because I'd kind of trained quite well for it, um, but it just yeah. sort of hit me. And I've actually I'll post it on the any runners Twitter feed uh, Richard Easterbrook who was uh, came and on the podcast a few weeks ago sent me the picture of me at the end being helped off by uh, stewards <laughs> it was because it was bad because I had to lit I, I crossed the line and I just stopped and it was it yeah. was really bad but that moment of crisis and I can't remember what it felt like now but it but at the time it felt a very real one so George what if and you you've got really eloquently expressed you had a few moments in this 10, uh, 10 run challenge. What's your kind of advice at that point if somebody gets to it? So, yeah, so if people are doing it for the first time, I, the first thing I would say is just is remember to look up, you know, so you're surrounded by, um, you know, some, some, some beautiful, beautiful scenery, particularly at the beginning and particularly at the end, obviously when you're crossing the, the time bridge and then at the end of the coast, look up, look up, catch people's eyes, because they're there to support you, they're there to help you. I listen, you know, I kind of have to listen to music when I run because I hate the sound of my own breathing. Yeah. I hate, hate, hate myself struggle, but I sometimes, you know, if I'm struggling, I get locked into my own head and I have to remember to kind of look up. A, it's better for you to be looking up as opposed to be looking down because you put stress on your shoulders and your neck if you look down, but look up and soak up this atmosphere. Take take jelly babies off people, you know, or a slice of orange. Slap, do high fives with people because they're there for you, they're there to support you. So 
So that is the most important thing I would say. Soak it up because it's in, it's an incredible it's an incredible day, an incredible atmosphere, and in your low moments you will get something. You will get something. I can't tell you how how much it gives you a lift if when someone shouts your name and it's a random stranger on the side of the course shouting your name. So respond to that, feel that, be prepared, try and prepare yourself for the volume of people because that, I mean, again, I found that overwhelming. So, you know, just just be prepared that it's very, very busy. It's an extraordinary atmosphere. It's brilliant. But try not to sort of get stressed about that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I suppose that the other thing is is that you will be full of adrenaline at the start. And I'm, I'm the worst at this. I always start off as if I'm sprinting. And um, that's, if you're really, really fit and fine, that's, that's, that's okay. But it's important to remember that you sort of can't get that back. So, the, I mean, again, the first, the first one I did this year was the, the big half in London, and it was a half marathon. It's by the same people as the London Marathon, and I did it as a training run. It was the week of horrific snow, and on Sunday itself, it was warm, it was hot. And I set off at the pace that I did the Great North Running back in September, and I hadn't done any pace running. And literally, I hit the wall after three miles. And, well, not literally. Um, but I, you know, I, I hit, I hit, I hit the, I hit the wall after three miles, and I'd gone off thinking, this is brilliant. This is who I am. Oh, this is how fast I run. This is who I am. And after three miles, which I've never had that kind of thing before. Just it was, oh my god, I've done that all wrong. And for the next ten miles, I was in a terrible place, and I couldn't claim those. You know, I couldn't claim that pace back. Whereas if you think to yourself, start steady enjoy it and if you've got something left at the end then that's the time to try and go a bit a bit quicker um, so it's those three things soak it up enjoy it be prepared for the volume of people and don't set off like a lunatic yeah sounds like sound advice George just finally um, can you just give us the address um, the web address to, to sponsor you if people have kind of listened to it thought I mean the Bobby Robson Foundation is a fantastic charity, so you know it. It, it, it really is money that to go towards an absolutely terrific charity. But if you, um, if you, if you've got the the web address in front of you there, anybody who listens in who'll be able to donate. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people getting getting behind you. Well, thank you very much indeed. It's um, it's with it's with Virgin Money. It's a Virgin Money account. So people, um, sorry, uh, Virgin Giving. So if people. Google that in my name. Um, I'm sure they would be able to find it. I don't think I have. Uh, it's Virgin Money Giving and then my name. So Virgin, if yeah. people Google that, that would, be, that would be fantastic. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Best of luck for the weekend, George. I'm sure you'll absolutely smash it and uh, it'll be it'll be a, a, another brilliant uh, appearance. And if you see George at the end and he's crying, now you know why. <laughs> it's not necessarily <laughs> been a bad run. <laughs> Brilliant. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Is that okay? Sorry, I went on.